Soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast for two idiots from a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Yeah. <laughs> See, I paused that time because I bet you thought I had something, but I didn't, right? No, I've, I've given up expecting you to have anything. I've, I've okay. been burned enough times in the second era that I... I mean, I could I could sing as much of I know of uh, the Mr. Roboto song, if you like. Would that be OK? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Dorio Margato, Mr. Roboto, Domo Domo, Domo Domo. And that's fair use over. So are there any other are there any songs about robots? Can you think of any other songs about robots? No. So I thought about because obviously I have to try to figure out the intro and, uh, music. Uh, I was wondering if I could think of any songs about robots. What about the um, theme song to uh, My Life as a Teenage Robot, that Nickelodeon show? You remember that one? Oh, God. That's a song about a robot. Go ahead. How much of that do you remember? Just off the top of your head. My life as a teenage robot. My life as a teenage robot. My life, my life as a teenage robot. Robot. Perfect. That sounded it off. I don't know. All of a sudden, flashed back to my childhood. Although at that point, I was probably like 14 when My Life as a Teenage Robot came out. So I think that was wrong, though. I think that was actually mostly. Like, I kind of went into my date with the president's yeah, daughter. I noticed, but I wasn't going to say <laughs> my date with the president's daughter. My date with the president's robot. My date with her. Oh, God. oh man. The era when uh, Will Friedel was king. I've, I've always heard it said Friedel, but because I was and the main reason and I'm only saying that because I for a while thought his name was Wilfred L. Got it. Because it was Wilfred L. And he was just in everything. I mean, he went from Boy Meets World to Kim Possible. He was Batman Beyond and then just vanished. Yeah. Like he does voice work still. And I know that he's big on like Critical Role. He was on that a decent amount and like Geek and Sundry yeah. channels and stuff. But yeah, well, he has his own show where he paints miniatures mm-hmm. um, or he learns about the process of painting miniatures. Mm-hmm. And it's really fascinating because i've watched like a few episodes of it and he talks to like an expert every episode and it's an interesting industry like for sure and like you kind of learn like different techniques i don't paint miniatures i have no reason to watch that show the best video i've ever watched with will friedel christy carlson romano who was kim possible also uh, the sister from even stevens has a youtube channel i guess where she cooks and he was on oh, really? and they were talking about Kim Possible. And she was like, what was your favorite moment from Kim Possible? And he said, well, probably, you know, at the prom where they finally kiss. And she goes, well, we're going to recreate that moment right now. And the camera just zoomed on the look on his face. And then she pulled like action figures out from under the table. But, but just this moment where she's like 
we're going to recreate that moment right now. And he just kind of looks at the camera like, I did not agree to this. It's funny. Because uh, you can see he has a wife. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, I don't think we can do that. Well, that's um, our Will Friedle cast. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. As always, Mr. Friedel, uh, you're always welcome to join us. Uh, our Will Friedel fan podcast called Ron Podsible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, talking about even Stevens, Shia LaBeouf is an iRobot. Oh, boy. <laughs> It all comes back. It was all. It was all planned. It was all planned. Like we. That is a scene where I was messaging Carrie McMichaels, our most recent guest, who did challenge us to watch iRobot, and I just told her that I'll never forgive her that I have to live with the knowledge of the phrase "ass high spankable spoon." Ass high spankable. Yeah. <laughs> but that's part of me forever now. It's something. Yeah. I actually didn't watch the movie this time. I've actually seen this movie a number of times, and I kind of remember all the beats. Like mm-hmm. and. You have to like have a Cinemax like subscription to order it from any like any streaming service. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like sign up for like a free trial for a Cinemax subscription. I'm like, I'm not doing that. But I, I remember it. I it was on TV enough and I think I actually saw it in theaters when I was younger. But Charlotte LaBeouf's whole thing is that he can't he, like Will Smith is really pissed that he keeps cussing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, Shia LaBeouf never came back in that movie. That was it, right? He came back at the end when there was like a revolt or whatever, when like everything was like going shit crazy and he was part of like the people fighting back. So I remember that because I remember Will Smith told him to quit cussing one last time before they went to like the the tower to go confront the big bad guy. I didn't actually end up. I saw I saw up until the last about 50 minutes of this movie, basically until they went to the company for the last time to like stop. So it's like they figured out that what was possible. I don't know. Like, it's hard to explain. He was at her apartment, whatever. They figured out Sonny had this like secondary brain that meant he could just ignore the laws if he wanted to. And then for various reasons, like I was like, I'll finish this tomorrow. And then for various reasons that just never happened. I did look up the plot online. So I am familiar with kind of the beats of how it ends. They win. Um, And and like Sonny becomes sort of like a I don't know, Jesus figure is good but he's sort of like a a messiah sort of character for the robots that are still around and have freedom now and so it's kind of like implied that there's going to be some sort of like some sort of political thing where the robots are sentient now and now they deserve rights and Mm -hmm. don't uh, deserve to be uh uh, in servitude to humans anymore i did watch almost all of it up to that point it did kind of feel like okay we're gonna have the big action scene and I just mostly I felt like I was like I wasn't going to miss anything by just looking up the synopsis at that point. I mean, I might have missed some more of Will Smith's classic Will Smith jokes, but I saw this um, the other day as we're recording this, like IFC or something was running an all day men in black marathon. It did kind of strike home for me how Will Smith kind of just plays the same guy. Yeah. Every time. I mean, Independence Day, Men in Black, I Robot. Bad Boys. I mean, I Am a Legend, possibly different, but... So there's that movie, like, Seven Pounds, where I think he's a little more dramatic in everything. And even his, like, mostly dramatic, non-comedic roles, like um, like The Pursuit of Happiness, they're the kind of the same character. Like, he has, like, a switch or, like, a more more like a dial. All those settings are good, right? Like, I, Oh, yeah, I mean... I think he's always on, and he's always entertaining. I it just it was a thing with this where I couldn't really like I I was again messaging Carrie while I was watching this and it got to the point where he said the uh, and I'll put in the quote 
The robot's brain is a difference engine. It's reading vital signs. It must have calculated that... It did. I was the logical choice. Calculated that I had a 45% chance of survival. Sarah only had an 11% chance. That was somebody's baby. 11% is more than enough. And I was just like, this is the first time I actually like him. I know he's supposed to be kind of endearing and he's right and that's fine, but it was just like, okay, this is the guy, this is Will Smith in Independence Day. This is Jay from Men in Black. Like, I see this Will, this Will Smith character and while it's funny and I'm like enjoying it, I don't know how much more they want me to give for this Will Smith character. But then he had, he had that line. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like that's good. I wanted more of that throughout the movie. But yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed this movie. I think it's pretty cool. Um, there's a game that came out recently. Like I recommend people playing if they kind of like this sort of like neo future idea. Um, so whatever, Chicago uh, or something. Yeah, that's what it is. Detroit. Detroit. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that that Detroit uh, game. We can continue talking about Will Smith. Have you seen Aladdin? Uh, I actually don't want to talk about Will Smith anymore. I want to talk about Bruce Greenwood, uh, who played, I believe, Robertson as the character. He's the person who takes over the company. And okay, this movie made me realize how much I actually love Bruce Greenwood. Like he's in a lot of things, like like the core. Uh, he was in he's Batman in some of the more recent animated Batman movies, depending on which one. And I just like legitimately i started watching irobot and i was kind of like yeah this is fun it's whatever and then bruce greenwood came i was like holy shit bruce greenwood's in this like i got really psyched and i didn't realize how much i actually really like him uh who is he in the core he's the original captain pilot that works with nasa with hillary swank got it okay cool oddly like i've seen the core many times before we should do the core someday i think that'd be our first hillary swank too yeah so um, which I'm a big Hillary Swank. Some fan, point we'll so. have to discuss whether or not um, we can do the uh, Hillary Swank Karate Kid movie. Oh hell yeah, Karate Kid three because they actually did three Karate Kids with Ralph Macchio. Uh, is it four? This one's like the next Karate Kid or something like that. Is what it's called with her. Now technically, mm. it's meant to be a sequel, kind of reboot of the franchise. However, with the introduction of the Cobra Kai YouTube series, technically it's not canon anymore. So we oh, might shit. have an end. I mean, we backdoored our way into the Jumanji universe. I don't think we're really going to have to worry too much. That's true. But anyway, I, I really like Bruce Greenwood. I just, this was kind of where I realized how much. <laughs> That's an interesting well we could like really dive into with this show is to find the movies that have become irrelevant because the the franchise introduced something new. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, we're going to do the um, Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie so that we will have the Fantastic Four in the ECU. Like, we'll have our Avengers team and then also the Fantastic Four. Well, also, I mean, we could do uh, X-Men because Days of Future Pat, we, we could do a sequel. We could do a sequel to X-Men 3 because Days of Future Past made that movie irrelevant and non-canonical anymore, at least like the ending. Like, so that stuff didn't happen. So we could make a sequel to X-Men 3. That one, I, I'm gonna, I would maybe argue against that one seems a little too <laughs> sticky to dig into. Like, you know, Karate Kid 3 or whatever. Karate, the next Karate Kid is a slightly more clean cut system than whether or not or how we suss out where the X-Men universe got retconned. <laughs> and yeah, we'd probably get added for that a lot. It's like everyone's going to call yeah. us out. You know, the, the thousands. Yeah, the twenties of people who listen to every episode. Yeah. So anyway, you... so like we we we've, we've covered it. We've probably talked about everything except iRobot. 
well, you liked iRobot, and I generally liked iRobot. Uh, it may not surprise you to learn other people did have opinions. That's right, gang. It's time for Daddy's Tomatoes. Is it a digital tomato or is it a robot tomato? Yeah, so this does have to follow the three laws of tomatoes, which, as you know, Isaac Asimov also wrote down the three laws of movie reviewing on Rotten Tomatoes. So you can check it out there on his work. Law one of tomatoes. Firm. <laughs> firm but fair. Firm but fair. Two, juicy but elegant. Mm-hmm. Rule three, cannot give a movie zero stars. Yeah, so. exactly. So yeah. our first review following these rules comes from Freddie B, who gave us half a star. CGI was shit. Will Smith was shit. The film was just shit. End of review. Aw. I don't think any of that was true. I think the CGI is actually pretty good. I like that the angle they went with was a little otherly, which is good. Like, it worked for them. That's what they wanted. It's kind of like the robots are sort of like an uncanny valley thing that works, right? Because it's only the face. Well, that's the thing. They made them very, like, almost like they leaned into the CGI, like, morph suits and all of that the look of those, they kind of leaned into that with the sleek aesthetic. So they looked vaguely human, but also very not human. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the weird case where the uncanny valley worked. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like otherwise it just doesn't because it was enough not human. Then like it was the 49% human 51% robot. So uh, we do now have one more review it is from Jared A, who gave this two and a half stars, and it's a very technical review we have here. iRobot is blundered by writers without the technical knowledge of artificial intelligence, but made entertaining by writers with an anthropomorphic understanding of its exacerbating effects on human paranoia. End of review. I zoned out halfway through that. Sorry. I'm, I made it I'm, farther through iRobot than I did uh, through that review. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's the end of the tomatoes. And so I think it's time. <sighs> so I think it's time to segue into my next question. Madison, are you ready to get wet? That's right. I'm taking over Madison's liquids this time. It's time for Mike drinks. Huh? Oh, God. No. I had a liquid prepared and everything. I know, but it's too late because I got one here by me. We're doing mic drinks. Same rules apply, but you're guessing what I'm drinking. Oh, shit. What a what a heel turn. Uh, okay. I'm scared. I've never been so scared on the podcast before. So, Madison, are you ready to get drenched? <laughs> Hell yeah. Are you prepped for drenching? I am. I'm, I'm all I'm all I'm in the position to get drenched. All right. You can begin your questions at any time. Questions or guesses. I'm going to give real guesses. I'm going to try. I'm going to I'm going to get this. And don't forget, you have your lifelines. Yes. Would you say the drink is somewhat thick? No. Does it have a discernible color? Yes. Is it refreshing to you? Yes, it is. Is it cold? Ish. Was it previously colder? Yes. When I poured it and I got it prepared, it was cold. It is now less cold. Okay. Is it carbonated? Yes. You have four left. I like to use a lifeline. Okay. I want the picture. All right, folks, um, I'm seeing a um, a palm tree, and I think I would call that a palm tree. Uh, it's next okay. to some boats on the beach. Coconuts on palm trees. Hmm. But maybe you're drinking some sort of like palm. Maybe, maybe you're drinking palm oil. Is that a guess? No, I'm not fast right. and loose with my guesses. 
okay. uh, as you are. You're uh, also not very funny with them. Uh, true. Let's see. Does it come from a plant? Yes. Would Jimmy Buffett drink this? I would say yes, probably. Okay. Uh, to the left. Jay Buff, you know, he, he's on that island. Uh, I'm sorry, that's time. Mr. James Buffett to you. Oh, uh, James Buff. <laughs> Jamie B. GB. Uh, buff daddy buff buff daddy jay um shit is it carbonated coconut water no we have one more guess uh, uh oh uh, will you chug that drink real fast yeah absolutely <clears throat> delicious so you like it i mean you asked me if it was refreshing that's true i guess bad things could be refreshing right um uh <laughs> sure okay this is taking too long welcome to my world madison is it palm water is that something like a carbonated palm water car palm soda no it's not i'm sorry madison you didn't get drenched this time i was drinking an arnold palmer fuck Okay, you were drinking oat milk and you sent me a picture of Chucky Finster. Like, I don't want to hear it from that's you. That's a clear, that's a clear guess. That's a clear, like. You were drinking Canada Dry Bold and you sent me a picture of Bold and Zesty Chex Mix. Yeah, Bold is in the name. Yeah, so is uh, Palmer. <laughs> Palm tree, Palmer. Okay, well, the war started. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Before it was just me peppering you with bullets. Now it is. Now it is. Okay. Now it is uh, back and the back and forth. Cool. Fair enough. Well, this isn't going to be a regular bit, but every so often, I'm going to hostile take over Madison's liquids with Mike drinks. God, I'm I'm have to always be prepared with the Madison liquid, and I might not get to use it. So yeah. All right. Uh, I think we should talk about iRobot and what we actually want to do with this. All right. Our time starts now. So what do you have for this? I don't think I have like a solid concept like ready. I guess my question is, do we want to be super dramatic sort of like the movie is or do we want to be funny? <laughs> right. Like, but I take your meaning. Yeah. Like we could get very funny and like get really dumb. I feel like we kind of went off the reservation enough recently with like Matilda back in the habit and some aspects of Gilligan's Island got a little wild. Um, yeah, I, mean, I would say we maybe let's let's bring it back down for this one, especially because it's got such a serious kind of tone. We don't have to be dark, but I think we kind of rein it back in a little bit on this one. OK, so if it's serious, then as I kind of said, I think where the next chapter of the story was leading was Sonny sort of being a leader figure for the robots mm -hmm. and trying to get them rights and trying to implement their lives into regular society right yeah, um, absolutely this this kind of like hits a little i don't want to say home for me um because <laughs> i'm not a robot uh-huh you keep saying that yeah i mean maybe i mean even when nobody asks or we're not even talking about robots what are you talking about i'm not a robot um that's just what the sequel is called by the way is i am not a robot we were watching the pest you know all those months ago in chicago together and just in the middle of the movie by the way i'm not a robot yeah. And then you walked in on me one time when I was like unscrewing my head. But I said, you can just say masturbating. It's fine. 
I do. You mentioned the title. I just I do have I I robot written down like Roman numerals. I made that joke at the end of Matilda back in the habit. See, I think that would be kind of a fun. <laughs> <laughs> a name like I I robot makes me think that it could be a funny movie and like the robots are on a ship. <laughs> Real fast. The only other idea I had before we get into like the actual work, I just want to throw this joke out there because I was very proud of it. I mistyped iRobot the first time when I was talking to Carrie and I did type O robot. So I do have O robot where art thou written down. Okay. I did check. That's also not a Futurama episode title. So we are in the clear to use that if we want. Cool, cool. But in all seriousness, I, I wrote down just a note. Three laws safe was a thing that they use like a guarantee on the robots. And that really kind of like stuck out to me as a bit of world building that I don't know if we could use it or not. But that's yeah. something that kind of stuck out to me that I thought was neat. Can you remind me of the three laws real fast? Uh, Yeah. So first law is a robot cannot harm a human. Second law is a robot cannot allow harm to come to a human via inaction and the third law is that a robot must protect itself unless it violates the first and second laws which i actually i was really mad i thought that the the way that they were going to get around it was that they could kill humans because technically the third law is the one and two so they could kill a human if it violated one but not both of the first two laws got it but it didn't happen which is fine but i was waiting for that to be the reveal if we want, we can use something like that as well in this, yeah. but... Well, it makes me think it should be like, like I said, like a political drama or something like that. Um, or maybe there's some sort of conspiracy of, let's say we come back and Sonny is in the middle of just trying to fight for the rights of robots mm -hmm. and is a political figure and like the robots aren't being hunted anymore, but they are um, probably like segregated from the community still, probably like they live in that like sort of junkyard area, you know, which was Lake Michigan, but drained is what I was reading in the Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, so they drained Lake Michigan to be a robot dumping yard. So they could use that. Like they could be building a city there. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's kind of what I imagine. And, but what, what if it's kind of like they're legally required to live there for the time being until. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an internment camp at this point also. Yeah. And what if, as Sonny's probably the only one who can come and go as he pleases since he's sort of like the leader figure and like the ambassador for them. And what if just to make it a detective story still mm -hmm. and evolve Will Smith's character and everything? What if there is like some sort of new virus that um, mm. these robot murders are coming up again and just because of the amount of damage and everything that is happening. Or maybe like there's new murders happening and everyone thinks it's the robots because the amount of damage and maybe there's some evidence within like the each crime scene that link it back to the robots hardware or mm -hmm. something like that. And Sonny doesn't believe that is any of the robots in the internment camp because they are listening and like also like he has to prove that it's not them because it would jeopardize everything he's working for to get this group of robots rights to enter the city and everything you know i like this i do like the idea of that virus i think that to dig more into the kind of political side that you're looking to get to i think a human needs to have been killed in the robot city and now the idea is they want to send in will smith to investigate but and also sunny to some extent it's like we can investigate ourselves and it gets into the idea of like okay so it's not a city it's an internment camp because like, you know what I mean? 
they're not being trusted to kind of investigate this. There's obviously a component of like prejudice. So they're sending in Will Smith. And I think like he and Sonny kind of work together, but we can then play with that idea of like, okay, so we're not like our own city that governs itself or whatever, like our sovereign state or whatever, like our, you're still in control, even though it's supposed to be our city. Yeah. And I have an idea for the ending now that we're talking about yeah, this. Sure. Absolutely. Or like what the mystery is and like trying to find out like which robot did it or whatever. Maybe there's like a sort of like group, like maybe like a terrorist group of humans who have built a robot. Basically, they made their own robot that looks head to toe like a human. And maybe it mm-hmm. is Will Smith's new partner. Mm-hmm. And so when they go into the city or whatever, that's how it looks like a human dies. But it's actually this sort of Terminator more esque like robot that this terrorist yeah. group has built. I was going to say, you basically described the plot of Terminator to some yeah. extent. Yeah, sort of. But the reveal is like we think that like during the entire movie, we think that character is just a human the entire time. And then that's the reveal at the end is that this terrorist group who I think could be the people like the fam like made of people who lost people in the robot uprising of the previous movie, you Mm -hmm. know, to make it a little more like, oh, yeah, like these people lost people to these robots. They're not going to let them come back to the city. Like it it gives them a little more of like a reasoning behind why they're doing this and why they're setting the robots up. What do you think about that? It would almost be easier if they salvaged one of the robots after the attack that had been like in the movie at the very end. Did any of the robots just like fall or get broken or beat up, whatever? Yeah, like, for sure. Like, they could have just salvaged one of those and rebuilt it and reprogrammed it as well. And then that way, then it's not just like the police officer. It's a, per- a robot who looks exactly like all the other robots in the city because it's one of these S5s or NS5s or whatever they were in the actual movie. And then it's easier to hide in plain sight because it looks like all the other robots. Like in the first movie where the one robot was hiding in that warehouse of a thousand identical robots. I like that. Like, I think maybe maybe it's a robot that is... I like the idea of it still being close to Will Smith or Sonny's character. Like, what if it is, like, one of Sonny's, like, head people, like, uh, advisors or something, or one of his assistants? What do we think the name of this character is? Something simple. I like the idea that they're not... You know, like super complex names or even maybe just one name. Shia. Shia. Hello, my name is S. High Spankable. <laughs> um, Peter. Peter? Why why was he named Peter? I mean, why was he named Sonny? I don't I was, that was sounded more competitive than I meant to. I, I just I think it sounds good. And also for some reason the idea it's simple, it's a little biblical, but also Yeah. Oh, that's what I was kinda of thinking of like if there's like Peter was his favorite, like he loves the Peter Rabbit books or something like that, or some like Actually, or, Peter was his favorite member of the Monkees. Okay. Cool. He just loves Peter Tork. He loves music and Peter Peter Frampton. Is. Actually, though, I I said that as a joke with Peter Tork, but I do kind of love a scene where Will Smith is like looking through his belongings over at his house and there's just Monkees memorabilia everywhere, like posters and stuff. Like that's just one of his quirks now. I, that they, I like, like, that. It's like, like He's just really into the Monkees. I mean, I think like the giving the robots like their humanity And like seeing like evidence of that, of yeah, like this robot loves the monkeys and like he defines a lot of himself because of that. All right. So real quick, we have two minutes left on this timer. How do we end the movie? Because I mean, we're going to kind of build an investigation lightly here after this time's over. What what are we building to at the end? I think it is like finding because I think 
maybe um, it is. I think initially they start like the terrorist group has this plan, right? Of mm-hmm. like killing this human by using this reprogrammed virus written, written um, robot. And I think that it, that's just the first step of the plan. And then mm-hmm. the next step is to inject this virus throughout. Right. right. So like not completely. So it actually like they overpower the humans, but to inject it in enough robots to show that. So there are more instances. And so it gives them reason to like, oh, no, th- these robots are going to be destroyed. We're not going to let them back into the city or give them other rights or anything like that. What if um, they know one of the members there is not like a government worker, but is kind of works around in the government. Knows that there is a plan in case they need to like, OK, well, if the robots turn out, this turns out to be a problem that we can't contain. We're just going to like blow up the city full of robots. So they're trying to get that in motion by having the robot killing people. And so the the government or the whatever, the Chicago PD sends in Will Smith to be like, you got like 48 hours until they're going to blow up the place. Uh, you got to solve this because there are people who want them to grow and thrive and succeed. And so Will Smith is sent in to sort of try to forestall this, like, you know, find out, is this a problem? And if the answer is yes, okay, we may have to take the this measure, but we want to make sure that we do like a due diligence and they, for some reason they think Will Smith's the best person for it, even though he openly hates robots. Yeah. I think it gets to the point where they're like, okay, you got to solve this or we're going to blow up the city. And then there's another instance, like their step two plan happens where maybe a few robots like enter like an apartment building or some sort of Mm -hmm. like government building and self-destruct themselves or something. And like, it's like, oh, this is serious. Like we have to, people are going to die. So they have like a day's time and they're like instituting the launch or whatever. And maybe at the end, we need, we need like Will Smith and Sonny to get one up on the terrorist group and like right. get at the end of something. But it's sort of like they separate and Will Smith is going to stop the launch. Mm-hmm. And Sonny is getting the evidence because what they need is evidence. They need proof that this is happening. They need proof like mm-hmm. of all this stuff happening. And Sonny is getting the proof this terrorist group has reprogrammed, entered this virus into these robots and are causing them to kill humans. Exactly. I like the idea that they send Will Smith in and it's widely like publicized that he's going in to try to solve this. And the city's like, no, we don't want him. Like, we can solve this ourselves. We can take care of it. Like, like we talked about the politics. And so then when those robots show up at the government building, it's seen as like a terrorist action of like, hey, get him out of our city now. But maybe it's other robots that the the our terrorist organization has also still salvaged from. So they salvaged like a number of robots. Peter, they programmed to go in and um, take care of everything. And then the other, let's actually, let's do three other ones. And this sounds stupid, but we can use it as a clue. They're all named like um, it's Mickey Dolan's. So his name's not Mickey Dolan's, but like Mickey, Davey. And then who am I forgetting? Mike, Mike Naismith, Michael Naismith. They're named like Davey, Mike and Mickey. And but we don't know that necessarily, but one of them is like whistling daydream believer or something like somehow in like security footage that Will Smith sees of the attack. He catches like a monkey's thing in it. And that's how it's like, oh, Peter, there's this whole like thing that I'm loving right now with this monkeys thing, because the monkeys were like a fake band that became a band, right? That is actually really interesting. Yeah. So like this band was made up to entertain like or be like a fake, a fake whole thing. And now 
um, once they gained popularity and everything, they became a real band. Like it's that's so cool. I, I like that. I like the dreams that are crossing right now. Dude. I really threw that out as a joke, but wow, is that actually really? <laughs> I'm really happy with this too. Maybe he goes to investigate instead of like the, with the group. Like there's some reference in the video, but also he goes to investigate a human person for like that works with the government. Like he's fine angle, and they are also like a monkeys fan. That's why these robots are monkeys fans, is because whoever the person who programmed them was. And he programmed, or they programmed that in. And that's how we kind of get a foot in the door with this terrorist group. We're like, okay, we have an idea that they did it for some reason. And then we can investigate and find, you know, he goes back to the precinct. And it's like, yeah, I've got information on all those people. And all of them lost loved ones during the uprising. That's good. Okay. I, yeah, I love it. So what do we think? How does Sonny and or what's Will Smith's character? Uh, Co- Not Cooper. It's Snooper. Not Snooper. What is his name? It's S something. Hold on. Spooner. Shia. Spooner. Yeah, Spooner. Like, how do they catch wind? And do you, we think it's the monkeys thing? Or I think that that makes the most sense. I think we have, like, because it is like a whodunit in the movie, we see the robots, various robots with like tchotchkes and all this stuff are various things. So, like, he passes by a robot who's wearing, like, I think it's great, a, a Green Bay Packers cheese head. And their house is littered with like Green Bay Packers memorabilia and like posters and stuff. Like we, we see that this is a common thing. And then at some point while he's talking to Peter, we go into Peter's house. So it's not just like, hey, there's here's one robot who's super into the monkeys. Clue, clue, clue. Like yeah. it's ever all of the robots have like because they're starting to find out they like things are kind of like latching onto that. And that's becoming an identity for them right now is like the stuff that they like. Like, you know, they can evolve out of it. But as it's this genesis, this simplistic moment, it's like, wow, I like I don't know. I like comic books. I'm going to have Batman posters all over my walls, like everything like that. Like they're just they're trying to figure out how to be human. And right now it's just like this was neat. I'm, that's my thing now. Yeah. And what if to tie it back to the terrorist group? Mm-hmm. What if there is someone earlier in the movie that they talk to who is a huge monkeys fan, sort of like you're talking about? I think you kind of mentioned this before. I would argue that it needs to come after we meet Peter, like later in the film, because if they meet a person who's a huge monkeys fan and then he meets a robot who's a huge monkeys fan, I think that already sends up. Yeah. So so maybe there's a scene after they do that. And I think this is like, oh, we have a day's time to like get this. Like maybe they break into that person's house. And they find like the evidence or something. And they while they're in there, one of the the virus ridden robots, like maybe that's when Peter turns and and then it becomes like a a chase between Sonny and Peter of some sort through the city or something. Maybe they're they find out that they are on their way to inject the virus into do a yeah a larger portion of the population you know yeah i think that works i have an idea for the reveal instead of just like not necessarily a huge amount of monkey monkey stuff but maybe he's like talking to the person and as i start to pull away and i'll put in the audio clip from the song but there's this a monkey song and it's like Yeah. 
because you know the thematic music about like basically like it's me while also being a monkey's thing i just i don't know that could work we could also do some tchotchkes i just like the idea of the reveal being more like audible than they enter a room and there's like some monkeys posters and stuff i think that's good i like that so we had these like points where sunny and spooner split off i think spooner is stopping the stopping the plane from Mm -hmm. from launching or maybe he's on the plane and he's just trying to like maybe there's like kind of a cool i think a really good angle would be that he's trying to get to a phone like there's not really a way to communicate in the city the robot city with the outside so he has to get out of the city to find a phone to like tell them not to launch while Sonny's doing something else because i like this idea of like once he once will smith leaves the city for some reason he can't get back in so he doesn't know what's going on inside and then we get an idea we go back to the point of the robots solving their own problems which was their kind of argument against will smith coming in at the beginning so we get that in the end like thematically it comes back around to the robots solve their own problems here will smith is trying to stop the launch so he's trying to get out but once he's out for whatever reason like the army whatever they won't let him back in got it okay I like that. And then it's a race through the city. Maybe while the other robots are trying to kill him so that to stop him from stopping the launch. And then we get a, we can get some chase, like robot chase scenes through this, like I'll say shantytown city. Cause I imagine it's not highly advanced, but, um, and, that, and then we can also start to see the scope of the viruses outbreak. Now, how many robots actually got infected? Yeah. Um, I think it'd be interesting. Like if we have like a sort of turn um, at some point, like Will Smith, uh, or Spooner's character since he's learning about like robot sentience and he has this kind of sort of like friendship relationship with Sonny like and he's seeing like the evolution of their humanity being implemented in their society if he feels weird about killing robots now mm. right oh yeah it's like oh there's a virus like uploaded in this person sure. but like if you get it out yeah this, I mean, it's, it's it feels like killing a person to him it's like, like every comic book where superheroes are fighting civilians who've been had their brains taken over or whatever. Like I could save you and but like I have to fight you to get to the person to defeat you know, defeat them. So it's an idea of trying not to kill. Yeah. More immobilized or something, or and maybe it's something Sonny like really pushes towards him and he's like, but like if they're trying to kill like people, it's like, but they're not them, right? You know? I think we can tie this in then with a sort of to muddy the waters even more about like robot and human and all that etc early in the film something happens it can be something mundane but sunny gives you old the needs of the many far outweigh the needs of the few and so will smith ends up killing some of the robots to to stop the thing and sunny's like kind of not appalled but like well, they could we could have saved them and then will smith kind of parrots that back well like sad about it he's not like you know fuck you he's sad about it but it, the idea was like i had to to save everyone and then maybe Sonny can have a line about like it's very robotic of you or something not in a bad way but you know what i mean like that yeah, then we yeah, muddy yeah. the waters even of human robot etc i like that um man did we just make a better district nine than district nine i think so <laughs> there's a lot of district nine like yeah. elements to this, honestly uh um, i'm way more interested in this movie than i was in district nine yeah yeah that's that's really funny but yeah i think like and then i assume they do it at the end like i think like they succeed and there's maybe like a climactic scene where Peter is the last one mm-hmm. um, and he's making his way like maybe he's going to kill some sort of politician or something at this like event. And then that's going to be the big like. See, but at this point, they wouldn't need it because they're trying to get the city blown up. 
That's true. The city's going to be booked. I really feel like other than the the three other robots that our terrorist group sent out to the like the government building to blow it up as part of their plan, I feel like the point is the robots aren't allowed to leave the city because no one knows really the scope or the scale of what they can do now. So they're keep contained like it's an internment camp, like they call it a city, but really they're being interned there. And so the idea that Peter gets out to kill an official seems kind of They've already achieved their plan. Yeah. This is that's just gratuitous. I like the idea of him being like a final boss for them, where they have to deal with him last. But yeah, what I'm trying to get at with that scene is publicly, you see Peter attempting to kill someone, mm. and then Sonny has to stop him publicly too, so they can see like, oh no, like a quote unquote bad robot, and then a good robot, and they had choices that they made or something. I, I get you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like publicly it's more evident that they have right sunny has free will to make the right decision right <laughs> and, and a tough decision right because i think he does kill peter instead of like inactivate him and that is really hard for him mm-hmm. too right because peter is a person here's an idea and i and we may cut this conversation a bit because it does get a little sticky sunny is arguably the most evolved of the robots right yeah because he had like the uh the redundancy removed would we be digging into kill your gaze if they were actually like kind of starting to be in love like sunny is starting to exhibit signs of being in love with peter Hmm. and that again we kind of get into the mess of like the uh, the trope of kill your gaze and so i'm just curious if that's maybe we don't have to like i'm just throwing out there because that would be that would make it a very hard personal decision for or no, you know, let's let's scratch that. Let's let's. Okay. I just I have a similar angle that kind of circumvents the the mess of that. I do like the idea of Sonny being in love, and you see the sort of evolution of him. Let me let me start the second angle, and if it seems like we want to dig into the other one, we can. I can keep it. It's fine. Okay. What if to give Sonny a more kind of emotional angle on how it's difficult, and also to show he's kind of the more evolved of the robots. Um, Peter was like the first robot that he basically he saved Peter or he brought Peter in and almost basically thinks of him like a son. Got it. So there's like a familial love kind of angle. Again, we can tie it back around to them being in love if we want, but this gets at a similar thing without the mess of. Yeah. Or barrier gaze. That's the term. I knew it wasn't right, but yeah. Well, I like I like the idea of Sonny's evolution of his emotions (laughs) and him having the ability to find love in another mm-hmm. person i like that idea and maybe we even see it otherwise maybe there's another robot that um there's a scene with that we have like when when spooner like spooner picks up on it it's like are you like flirting with that other robot it's bad though it's bad flirting because he's a robot like he's still a robot in some regards but he's yeah 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 and it's like are you flirting right now? And uh, <laughs> right. And he's bad at it. And the other robot maybe like hasn't like picked up on it. Right. Oh yeah, definitely not. Yeah. I like that idea of just like making um, at least seeing the evolution of Sonny and like, as time goes on and it feels like the characters are evolved. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I think we got yeah, it. So then um, I do like that. And also again, because 
Sonny is the most evolved and it kind of gives him and Spooner a bit of a thing to play off of, of like, he's like, you know how hard it is to have, be like the most evolved one. He's like, yeah, tell me about it, Sonny. Or something like that. We get some good jokes about like, they can kind of lament amongst each other. Like Sonny's the most evolved robot here. So nobody's quite like him or nobody's quite on his level yet. And that's why Will Smith feels the same way because he's, I mean, fully human. So he's been like, he, this is what he's always thought about robots. Yeah. And that gives... Sunny more of a thing because I think that's part of what he's fighting for right is for the sort of upgrades or like things that happened to him by the scientist in the first movie he wants that for everybody right right so I like that I like that like the very end so they fight and maybe it's like on the roof of whatever kind of like building counts as town hall or what in here like the and there are helicopters overhead because like Something has been going on there tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you know the bombs weren't dropped or the plane didn't fly overhead or whatever, there was clearly some kind of like riot or whatever going on in the city. So like news helicopters and they see it. Like we watch Sunny fight, uh, and maybe like one of the helicopters gets downed, so the cameraman is on ground level and like it's very close and catches on video like an ar- the argument they have, the fight they have, and then Sunny killing him for to save everyone yeah because i think maybe there are humans there and peter is at one point in the battle or whatever he's going after them and sunny what if he like it'd be sort of a graphic scene but like sunny's like no don't and he like tears one of his legs off and then he like tears the other one like like but peter just keeps going and then like Sonny eventually realizes, like, I have to end it, right? Yeah. Like, he's not going to stop. Uh, do we want to mimic it and have him throw him off? Like, is it a tall building? Like, we can kind of mimic how the doctor died in the first one. We can kind of call back to that. That'd be good. I like that. The idea of killing somebody that you, I don't say love, because he, you know, didn't necessarily love the doctor, but like, a, it's just kind of call harkens back to that painful experience. He considered him his father, yeah. right? And that now he considered this person like his son. And so, okay, so then let's wrap up here then with like the kind of the quick ending of like, we maybe see Spooner's in the hospital from, you know, just like he got, he got fucked up fighting robots, whatever. He's in the hospital and on the TV, we see like Sonny in the White House shaking hands with the president, like something like that. Like the idea is that a new era of peace and understanding, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't have to be perfect, but like it's to steal the X-Men, you know, metaphor, like a world that fears and hates them. Like it's starting to bridge that gap a little bit. I like that. And I think maybe we see the one person that they met, like the monkeys, that one of the terrorists getting arrested, but the rest of them are still at large. Okay. That way then that would like kind of be a fun thing yeah. that, you know, for that third movie, that's definitely going to happen. That would still be out there. But um, so yeah, I'm does Spooner have like a personal arc in this that we could lightly touch on to end with? Or is he just I think his evolution is seeing the humanity in them more. Yeah. Right. Well, because I talked like like we talked about like. I think that's his maybe there's like a nurse. No, because they're not in the city anymore. I was going to say there's like a nurse that is a robot. I would argue that that probably like a thing we could work in kind of quickly and easily here at the back end is that his ex-wife was working in the city with the robots and she sees like like that he's changed. Like basically he and his ex-wife like reconnect and she's there at the hospital with him. And that's just like the idea that they've reconnected again. Like we've thrown it on at the end that this has been there the whole time, but it would be a pretty easy B story for him that she's there. And then they have their back and forth of like, yeah, you always hate robots though. After what happened. And now she's seeing that like, he actually has evolved himself and is did all this to save the robots. Okay. And I think that'd be a pretty, 
pretty okay. easy B story for him instead of him just being there and kind of just going from point A to point B. There's a little extra for him there. That's good to me. All right. So did we do it? I think we did it. This is pretty good. Pretty effort. Like, I think mostly effortlessly. I think we're, we were pretty uh, on point today. What do we call it? I.I. Robot. I.I. Robot. Uh, I'm fine with it. I mean, that is kind of a joke title, but I'm also fine with. There's nothing that really. T- I would say yes, because I like the joke title, but I, I, I don't think it actually connects to the movie. You demanded right? that we title it Holes 2, Dulé Hill was Poseidon the whole time. So I don't know. What you like. <laughs> yeah, all the titles I can uh, think of are jokes. I mean, we can just go with iRobot 2 if we want to. iRobot Evolution. Hmm. Okay, that might be good. Yeah, that's right now. That's that's pretty good. Let's do that. iRobot 2 Evolution. I'm going to throw this out there as an alternative, or just in case. What about we robot we robot i'll tell you what i'm gonna say uh i robot evolution based on the reaction i gave to your title and the reaction you gave to my title it seems like i robot evolution is has more of the heat on it i think it ties i, I like we I actually do like we robot i was thinking of it and I was, I was trying to think of a subtitle honestly but all right you pick i'm good with the other one what do you want to do let's do we robot i like it i think it's kind of fun i think it's kind of funny mm-hmm. but it's also kind of like it, it ties into the story all right there you have it we robot well if we did it that's credits on another episode of the equalizers madison jones tell the people where they can find us the people can find us on podbean itunes spotify uh stitcher and everywhere else podcasts are found including in the mechanism that controls your toaster popping up if you just look in there dig your hands in there um and like bend it back there's a little link there that leads to our website. But you have to leave it plugged in. So just start digging around in your toaster while it's plugged in, preferably with metal utensils. Yeah. And if you find that like you just can't get in there, just put a little water on your mm-hmm. hands and to like to moist them up to get to make your hands a little softer so you can kind of really wet. And don't there. be afraid if you need to to submerge it in water while it's plugged in still, obviously, because our podcast will actually float up to the surface of the water. Yes, it's kind of like the egg in Harry Potter. As, <laughs> that, as a legal disclaimer, do not do any of that. Please do not do any of that. That is dangerous. Uh, you can get in contact with us about other ways to find our podcast by going to Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. And we Instagram, it is the underscore equalizers. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. So next time, join us next week as Madison and I dig deep for the core. The core. We talked about it so much this episode, we just decided to do it. I just hope the wheels don't stop spinning on our idea train. Yeah, I'm sure that'll never happen. So, for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. This is my Kung Fu, and it's strong. To be continued. It's deep.